right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the King's Council Podcast in the studio today. First off, Christian Edwards, but a good bud, Mr. Grant Stinchfield. If you guys don't know, uh, Stinchfield tonight on Real America's Voice, mm-hmm. epic show, uh, and then your own podcast, man, called Stinchfield. That's right. Yes. Five days a week, anywhere you can get podcasts. Uh, and then, of course, Rumble, Getter, Facebook. All the platforms. Uh, we do it live at uh, 12 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday to Friday. Yes. yes. So tune in. I mean, we've become good buds over the past yeah. what, year, year and a half or yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. Got yeah. to know a little bit more about you in the you know in, in the past year or so, which is pretty epic. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show, Grant. We've gotten to know each other pretty well over the last year. Absolutely. We've had some good conversations about faith, fatherhood, and entrepreneurship, which a lot of people don't realize that, you know, you, you know business. You, you're, yeah. you're a businessman. Uh, I know what I call street businesses. So yeah. I, okay. I, I grew up in a, an Italian family in New York. Okay. Construction industry. And so... Uh, <laughs> I know hands-on businesses. So I owned oil chain shops and trucking companies. And I mean, this is like the heart of America businesses. A lot of people think I'm just a TV guy, but um, it really all started. I was in the mainstream media for almost 20 years as a reporter. Mm -hmm. And I saw the writing on the wall that this was not going to last. One, they couldn't pay me what they were paying me, just the way things were changing with local news. And I was standing on a bridge in Dallas, not far from where we're broadcasting, the High Five, anybody that lives is yeah. really a, 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 an engineering feat, watching 18-wheelers slide down the highway in the ice storm, and I'm calling it like a football announcer, and I put the microphone down to, in commercial, and I said to myself, a monkey could do this job. Mm-hmm. I'm standing on a bridge in a cold, telling people mm-hmm. to drive slow. <laughs> I better do something else. Wow. And that started my quest to find my first business, which was a uh, quick car oil change company, KWIK. Uh, Not a franchise, but had the recognition of one. And uh, bought that company for, and I don't mind putting numbers out because I think it's important for people sure, to, sure, yeah. mm. to know. I bought that company for a million three, and I sold it for 2.1 seven years later. Seven mm. years later. Yeah. Dude, I love it. So. Uh, oil changes, I, was that something you were passionate about? No. <laughs> okay. No, and you know, I'm a big believer that you got to follow, uh, you have to do things that you love. And and I think I'm coming into the point of my life at 54 years old, I, I love fighting for America. I love informing. I love entertaining. I love the whole idea about pushing America in the right direction. And with that, for me, I'm I'm blessed. The money has started to follow, whether it's the podcast, the Real America's Voice Show. I do morning drive radio in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. My social media stuff, all this stuff makes me money now. And I love it. So I feel like I don't have a job. But what I also loved was the hunt. Sure. And I was an investigative reporter, so I love to investigate. But when it came to businesses, I loved looking for small businesses. Mm. And I always had the belief that if you could find a cash flowing business, and if you knew how to find a cash flowing business, I saw your post the other day. You were talking about cash flow, find cash flowing businesses. You're never going to become a billionaire finding cash flow, right? It's not like risking everything on some idea that blows up into Apple. Yeah. Mm but you're always going to be able to make a living and you're always going to be able to support your family. And you know what, if you keep doing this and you build it and improve it. So I buy a business for 1.3 and sell it for 2.1. Well, I put some money away. Then I go buy a trucking company. 
That co trucking company, I invested $100,000 in. Eight years later, I sold that company for over $2 million, and my initial investment was over was just $100,000. Yeah, One truck built it to 15 trucks. You love keep that. doing that over and over again. Was I going to be the guy, the, you know, uh, uh, the biggest trucking company in the world? No. But, but you keep taking steps forward. You put money yeah. away and you build a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger. Yeah. And, and now I'm blessed. My business really is Grant Stinchfield Incorporated. Mm. That, that's my business. And the greatest thing for me at 54 years old is really no overhead whatsoever. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And, and not many employees, if any. Right. That's so great. Yeah. yeah. So I want to go back to the trucking company, though. So you went from oil changes to a trucking company. I, I'm a firm believer. Some people will tell you that, hey, if you follow your passion, you'll never work a day in your life. I think that's complete hogwash because I know a lot of passionate people that are dead freaking broke. Mm -hmm. um, and it's more everything that I've always looked at is I'm going to I'm going to look for opportunities. I'm going to follow opportunities, but I'm always going to bring my passion with me. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like that's pretty much what you did from the the uh, oil change industry yes. and then all of a sudden oh snap there's a trucking industry or how did that kind of unfold yeah so i, I mean all the way down to the most basic level i, I use a website called biz by sell yeah like, for people out there that want if you want to start looking for a business right away and they're not paying me for this but biz by sell is where i bought my first business i, I guess i sold my first business before i bought one i started a tree trimming company when i was working in tv news and it was basically just a marketing firm. I had tree trimming of Dallas.com, tree trimming of Plano.com, tree trimming of Grand Prairie.com. These are all towns in the Dallas area. Yeah. This was when Google had the model. If you had the web address, that's all the SEO you needed. Yep. So these leads would come in and I would just feed them out to a tree trimming guy. And then I turned around, I sold that company, not for a lot of money, but I sold that company on biz by sell. And so that's where I, that's where I look for these companies and I hunt them. And I got pretty good at looking at P&L statements and uh, profit and loss statements to try to find little places of opportunity. But I always wanted a company with a little history behind them mm -hmm. and that were making money. I'm not a turnaround guy. Mm -hmm. I didn't have the money to risk to turn around companies. Sure. I just want to find the guy who's retiring or, or maybe there's an illness in the family, as sad as that is, but find a little opportunity. You can go in and take over a company that's already making money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Uh, biz by sell, man. That's what some people scroll like Facebook. I scroll biz by sell. You man. do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm the same way. And I'll put, so I started seeing FedEx businesses, FedEx, FedEx, yep. FedEx. That's what my trucking company was. I ran 18 wheelers for FedEx. The, the, the best business model, the, the, well, the, the best part of the business model was they pay you every week. So here's a couple of my rules for businesses that I want when I say street businesses. Yeah. I don't want to chase down money. I came out of the construction company watching my grandfather and my father chase money. Yep. There's nothing worse than chasing money. Yep. I wanted a business. I didn't have cash flow problems. So what does that mean? I got to have point of sale. So the oil change is a retail business. And I wanted where I didn't have to go sell. I don't want to go walk into somebody's office, knock on the door. Hey, would you like to buy this? That's a pain in the ass. Yep. Pain in the pain in the neck. You're good. You're good. You're good. <laughs> King's counsel. Sorry, man. So, so, uh, so oil change, point of sale. Yep. I had a few fleet customers, no problem. If one stiffed me, no big deal. But, but swipe the credit card. The trucking company, FedEx, they pay you every Thursday mm. by hook or by crook. Yeah. So every Thursday I was getting paid. I do my weekly payroll, no cash flow issues whatsoever. FedEx, I didn't have to sell. I've got everything right there. I got 
what they call lanes, dedicated lanes between Dallas, Houston, Dallas, Oklahoma City. I know my trucks, where they're going, what they're doing. And, um, and that was a great model. The only downfall with FedEx is you only have one customer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? That's a dangerous spot to be yeah. in. But if you're only going to have one customer, FedEx is a pretty good customer. Right. It's not going anywhere. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, if you do your job well, they were not going to get rid of you. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, what caused you to sell the, the insurance, or not the insurance, the oil change business? It, it's funny. I have a life cycle of about seven years. Yeah, okay. That I just get How long were you married? tired of it. I was married 10. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when it comes to girls, my life cycle seems to be four years. And then after that, now it's six months. But <laughs> that's for another show. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, yeah, my life cycle in business was seven years. I get tired of it. There's no need to sell it because it was literally making me money. Yeah, yeah. But I got tired, and I had the I started the trucking company overlapping the oil change. Okay. So you know, and then I always have had the media stuff in the background. So I always was working. Like yeah. I'm a I'm. I, we have a mutual friend that laughed at me when I said this, but I look at myself as the most efficient man alive. Mm-hmm. I can do things break them down into a process. I don't multitask. I go step by step by step onto the next task. And I can get a lot done in a day where people are taking hours and hours. I wonder what in the hell yeah. are you doing? If you can't get your job done in eight hours, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. So even though I had all this stuff going, it's still a pretty good life. Yeah. My trucks, they run at night. What am I doing at night? Sleeping, I'm sleeping. Baby. Until one of them crashes, but right. I'm sleeping. I'm making money while I'm sleeping. The oil change businesses, I don't need to be there all the time. You hire good people. I know people. That's my expertise. The media helped me with that. Mm-hmm. You hire good people and you take care of people. That's the secret to business. You can hire people with the expertise. You think I knew how to change oil? <laughs> right. I don't know how to change, change, change oil. <laughs> I love that so much. Or engine flush. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what it is. Right? It's when awesome. I bought the business, I do now, yeah. but... But hire people that know how to do that stuff. But I know how to take care of customers and know how to take care of employees, the two most important things in your business, employees and customers. I don't know which order because you need both of them. You don't get customers without good employees, and you really don't get good employers without having customers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that comes back to just like great culture that your employees are just, they're either for you so you can be off doing other things. Right. Or that, and that's going to just transition over to your customer base as well. So, you know, what my biggest challenge was, was my philosophy is hire good people, let them do their job. Yep. And I'll be up in their grill. Nobody wants a boss that's up in their grill. Right. The problem was my downfall was oftentimes I needed to get up in the grill more often than I did. Sure. Mm. And that would always be my downfall. I'd let somebody slide a little too longer than they should have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Before I took action. Yeah. That's always hard. The, that relationship side of it. Of, yeah. Yep. I get that completely. So. And that was because you were just too lenient or you weren't there enough to, to, to hold them accountable. Probably a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, I, you know, honestly, as a business owner, I don't know, maybe there's a lot of business owners out there. Hiring good people is really hard. Yeah. And I never wanted my employees to know it, but I always felt they did, that they had me over a barrel because mm. really hard to find truck drivers. Mm-hmm. To the point where I couldn't discipline a truck driver. I literally couldn't discipline them because they'd leave. It's that easy to find another truck driving job. Why were you late? 
you, what were you doing? I don't need this. Right. I'm out of here. Mm. So literally you have to walk this uh, on eggshells, especially in trucking. The lube shop business was similar. You know, you, it was a little easier to find because it's not a total skilled position. Right. But still good ones. Yeah. If you mm -hmm. attack a good one for doing something wrong, attack's probably not the good, good, word, good word, but discipline somebody. Good employees know that they're valuable, especially in those businesses. Mm -hmm. They just leave you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I never could figure out the answer to that. So I was always just a little let it slide. Sure. And maybe part of the problem was I was not there all the time. Right. Right. You know, the, the, that service business where you're a retail, any retail business, an owner that's there a lot, that business is going to be better. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Did you have any partners with the businesses? Um, my original uh, lube shop, my father technically, mm -hmm. because I liquidated my 401k, but I didn't have quite enough money to make the down payment because what I what this was was a real estate play. So I was buying the real estate mm -hmm. with the building, mm -hmm. with the business that was already existing. So, but he was not involved in it at all. But that gets to something I tell people all the time. I'll have young people say, yeah, I'm going to open up a food truck with Frank. Frank and I are going to open up a food truck. I said, well, is Frank a chef? No. Well, is Frank putting any money in? No, but he's great. He's my buddy. We're gonna... <laughs> well, why do you need Frank? Right. Like, what do you need Frank for? Right. It, don't take a partner unless that partner has something you don't have. Maybe it's time. Maybe Frank could be there and you're not going to be there. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's money, as in my father's case. I, I didn't have all the money, so I took a partner because I need the money. Yep. Maybe it's expertise. Yep. But a lot of times, more often than not, people go in business with people that they don't really need them. Mm. And then it often causes more issues than, yeah. than not. Oh, man, I have s countless stories of that. Um, both <laughs> good and bad. I hope, I hope yes, good, but yes. I mean, a couple good. Uh, you, I mean, you know, Scott, Scott Thomas, and I yeah. we're, we're business partners, um, and we are we're so different that we 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 help each other out with with our you know you things that we're not each other. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so that's how we've been able to work so well together. But typically, when we're coaching people. We never recommend a partnership unless yeah. it's actually needed because, yeah. dude, it'd be great, but people are involved and people mostly suck. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just unfortunate. <laughs> and nobody cares as much as you do. Yeah. And so if you're taking on a partner and they're not putting up money or they're not, you know, you got to have skin in the game. Yep. And uh, it just causes all kinds of problems. So um, trucking company, I didn't have any partners. Mm-hmm. And typically, I, my, it was my father's lesson. He's the one that said, don't take partners unless you need them. Yeah. And typically, I try not to. Yeah. yeah. That's great. I've heard this from multiple people, and it breaks my heart. You guys know where I am with my faith, and it breaks my heart. They say, if you tell me you're a Christian, I'm out automatically. Red flag, because yeah. you talk about Jesus. And I'm like, oh, good Lord. Yeah. I think I, there's a fine line in that so um you know you and i have you've been really helpful to me and in, in kind of my journey mm. i'm always uh, i'm always a big jesus oh, they were making fun of me on the radio because i said i'm a jesus guy. i love this guy jesus you know salem radio is big it's a christian yeah you know yeah 
big on all this. So love Jesus. Jesus is a great. <laughs> this guy's great. So, they were making fun of me, but I do love Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. He is a great guy. Yeah. Um, but it's funny you say that in business because there was a saying in, in retail, the guy with the biggest cross is the one you have to worry about the most. Mm -hmm. And the guy who walks in wearing a big cross, the employee, typically in my experience, this has happened to me twice, literally with a big giant cross, <laughs> turned out to not just scam customers, but scam me as well. Mm. And so it is something you have to, but anybody who wears something so big on their sleeve, maybe we just notice it because it's a cross. But what if they wear something else that's so passionate on their sleeve that maybe right. you got to, are they just using this? Oh, yeah. yeah. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Our mm. philosophy really has been uh, if they lead with that, I mean, they shouldn't have to verbalize that they're a Christian. I shouldn't right. be able to see the fruit in their life. Yeah. It would be right? like naming a podcast King's Council or something. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but you should be able to see the fruit in their life, yeah. right? And that's even back to partnerships. Our, our like new philosophy is we're going to date long before we ever even. Yeah, we're checking the we're, fruit. Yes. That's a new philosophy. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, that not like it, it, we've just been, we've had so many people that say the right things and then it's like, all right, let's do this. And then we realize like, okay, well, you know, it's interesting because you're a bunch of crap. You know, I, like I mentioned, uh, I, I come from, I'm half Italian. Minervini is my mom's maiden name. So I grew up in an Italian family in New York in construction. You're skeptical of everything. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, like, there's there's nobody you're not skeptical of. Yeah. And so sometimes I would say it has saved my uh, my butt, butt. <laughs> more than not. But sometimes it makes you a little jaded. So you got to find the fine line. But if I had to err... I'd err on the be skeptical and make people prove they can be trusted rather than trust them off the bat mm -hmm. and then prove you're wrong. Sure. Yeah. Which is so unfortunate, right? If you think about right. it, like when you even brought this up, I like smirked a little bit, but then I immediately was like, it's not even, it shouldn't even be a laughable thing. It's right. like a painful thing to think like that's the reputation that Christianity has gotten yeah. in the business well, world. Well, you know, I mean, like you, you see a roofing company and somehow it's you know cavalry roofing sure mm -hmm. and, and you're like really like <laughs> <laughs> true yeah. yes yep hand of god roofing yeah yes yeah i could i could think of a few of those <laughs> um but dude you're back in now i mean you had those businesses uh you, you're grant stinchfield inc at this point i mean mm -hmm. you're a, a big so, person you know, it's, it's interesting because what i do is a job and I always have told people, especially when I made the move from leaving mainstream media, which was like a real job, like you had to report at nine o'clock, you didn't leave till after the news is over, mm -hmm. you're on the clock, Yep. right? Um, my trucking company, I sleep, I'm making money. My lube shops, if I'm not there, it's still making money. That's a business. Yep. You wanna own businesses, you don't wanna own a job. So I tell people, if you're looking for business on Biz by Sell and you're a carpenter, don't go buy a sheetrock company and be the guy putting up the sheetrock. All you did was buy yourself a job. Yeah. Right. Right. Buy yourself a business and then run the business yep. and let other people do the job. Now I say that now I do three hours of radio in the morning. I have to be there. Yeah. I do a podcast. It's 40 minutes. I have to be there. I do an hour TV show at night. 
I have to be there. Those are jobs. Mm-hmm. Now they're mine for the most part, right? And 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 I always looked at, and this is important for anybody that's still in a job. I always looked at myself as Grant Stinchfield Inc. And that even when I worked for NBC, I was selling NBC a product. The product was Grant Stinchfield mm-hmm. and what I could do. And if I couldn't do it well, then you're not going to want to buy my product anymore. Yeah. So really, I was always my own boss because I was the guy that had to sell you the product. You were my customer. Yeah. My boss at work was my customer. I could wrap my head around it and say, okay, I'm not so much beholden to the man because I'm selling them a product. The product happens to be me. Mm-hmm. That's great. But in the end, you know, I love my, quote, job because if you can make a living talking into a microphone and yeah. – telling people what you believe about the direction of the country and, and hopefully making a difference, holding lawmakers accountable. It's not really, a, it's not really a job. It's sure. just kind of a calling. Yeah. But I got to be in a chair at certain times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But dude, I love that mindset. Cause we talk a lot about uh, an entrepreneur mindset in this versus an employee mindset. Um, because I really believe even if any of us are listening to this are still an employee, meaning they're getting an, a paycheck for an hourly rate or uh, for a, a job that they're doing, you're, you can still have that entrepreneur mindset, which is exactly what you just mm-hmm. described. Yeah. That's so epic of just like, I'm no matter what, if I'm going in, I'm working eight hours, I'm getting 20 bucks an hour. You're still in control of you, Inc., Right. Like you are still you should be doing an incredible job, because if you want the promotion, if you if you want to leave and do anything else, you want a good reference. You need to be selling yourself yeah. at all times, in all situations. This especially goes for people who are sales people mm-hmm. in their jobs or your pharmaceutical rep or maybe you're a construction salesperson. You really are running your own business. Yeah, because truthfully, if, if you can sell. They're never going to fire you mm-hmm. right? because you're bringing revenue into the company. Yeah. Now, if you're not a revenue producer, you're more on the block unless you're an integral part of how the company runs and operates. But even most of those things can be taught. In fact, I was just telling my producers today at the, at the radio program, they're young, young guys, great guys, but young, and they get so stressed out over everything. And I said, you need to make a process. I said, think of the radio show if it was a franchise. McDonald's makes the hamburger great every time because they got a manual that literally every right. McDonald's owner Every McDonald's employee reads their job, and it's step by step. I said, why don't we make a manual for the radio show? When you come in in the morning, literally this easy. you got to make sure Jen, my co-host, has a chair. Sometimes she doesn't have a chair. How in the world? (laughs) Make sure she has a chair. Make sure the television's on. Make sure the audio board is up. Then come into your studio. Now you have to have your audio board up. It sounds ridiculous that I'm saying these things in this order, and he's writing them down. But I said, what are the most important things? If Jen doesn't have a chair and her microphone is on, then we don't have a show, my co-host. If your audio board isn't on, then you can't get us out. Then worry about the audio stuff of sound bites and things. Then worry about the extra flavor that we might put in the show. But get the most important things done first. That's great. And so... Dude, that's so good. Mm -hmm. So good. I mean, we we would consider that in our... We have a a business philosophy. We coach on the seven days of creation, uh, meaning day one is vision. What's the vision for your business? Uh, Day two would be the atmosphere, the culture, essentially. What's the culture like? And then what you just described there is day three, what we would consider structure. And it's basically your operating playbook. Mm -hmm. Not not like your business 
a, a plan, but your playbook. What are you doing on a daily basis that ha what has to get done? Do you know my quick car show? My biggest fear was um, if I died, mm -hmm. how do the men get paid? Because I do payroll yeah. and I do the bills. Mm -hmm. So I literally took the franchise model of taking a book and literally day by day, come in, do the computer. Here's how you open the computer. Here's a Monday. Here's what you do on Tuesday. Here's a, here's the payroll. Here's the login to the payroll. Here's how you do payroll step by step by step. So if I had died and God forbid, I had a, my, my family had to call Riley or Christian. Hey, could you go to the quick car? You could literally open up the book and you could do my job. Yeah. Mm. Yep. That easy. And, and that is what a franchise teaches you how to do. Yeah. Could you imagine when you're talking about McDonald's, could you imagine a new franchisee being like, yeah, I think I want to put like this sauce on differently. <laughs> I'd be like, get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like, this is a system that works. Right. Stick to the system. Trust the process. Right. And it's going to work every time. Yep. Oh. Exactly. Mm. And they have a long history. And that gets back to what we said about finding a business with a history of success. Yes. Yep. And, and that even just back to the fruit of whether it's a business or a person's life, like look for that fruit. Is it good? Right. right? Mm -hmm. and, and if it is, then by all means, be, get in business with that person. But if it ain't. Can you squeeze right? the fruit? Can you too? squeeze no. it? No. Yes. Take a bite. You got to inspect the fruit. Depends on who the potential. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Yes. Right. So I want to ask you, Grant, because you talked about you love talking about the future of this country and you're, you're good at what you do. I, I've told you plenty of times, I love your podcast and you are Mr. Efficient uh, from everything I've seen you do at home, at work. Um, but what would your message be to the church when, when it comes to the future of this country? Or what is something mm. that us as Christians, we we sh should be more knowledgeable about or what could we, we be doing proactively in the name of this country? So, so the first thing is there's a tremendously large amount of Christians that do not vote. Yeah. So it's amazing to me, but there's a huge voting block of Christians that do not vote. And just if we turned out 90% of Christians, we would win. Republicans would win every election nationwide. Right. Yeah. So that, that's the first thing. The second thing would be a message that I have to pastors. And that is talk about politics in church. Mm. Talk about what is important because this is about the future of our country. It's about children. It's about value. It, it, politics is a value system. Mm. I know we look at our lawmakers in Washington and you think, well, there's no values there. That's the problem. Right. That's why you need to be talking about it. And, and there's a lot of pastors who confuse this nonprofit status rule that says, I can't talk about politics. That is not the case. That is a misinterpretation of what the law is. Yeah. You may not be able to actively endorse somebody while they're in your place, and, and it looks like a campaign contribution, but it doesn't mean you can't say, this is what I like, this is why I like it, this is who I like. Mm -hmm. You can do all those things. Yes, absolutely, and, and based on biblical values, right? Yes. right? It doesn't have to be red or blue. It just so happens to be that I don't think you can possibly be a Bible-believing Christian and vote blue. You, you can't. You, can't. It is yeah. you literally fundamentally, can't. And Christian, you and I have talked about this. Right. It is fundamentally polar opposites mm -hmm. of what Democrats believe and what the Bible teaches you. Yes. And, and for those pastors who are like, well, I don't, I don't want to, like, I don't, I don't mess with politics. If you don't, well, what are you even doing? It's right. like, it's your, it's your duty to do that, to, to be the influence, to yeah. influence the church for the right. Because if, if we don't, 
we we get a lot more of what we got right now, right. which is a complete mess, clown show. Yeah, and if yes. pastors are concerned that there's Democrats in their congregation, well, they shouldn't be. You're not doing a good job as a pastor then. Right. You, yeah. If you're teaching the Bible and they have a biblical worldview, like you said, you can't be Democrats. You can't. Yeah, and even even the ones. Uh, the Christians you said that don't show up or don't go vote. It's like you oftentimes hear, well, I don't want to vote for the uh, the lesser of two evils. And it's like, yeah, that's, yeah. it's how it's always going to be. Until Jesus runs for office, it's right. always right. going to be that way. Right. right. So pick one and pick one that actually aligns with Scripture and, and morality, uh, you know, mm. any morality. of, of <laughs> That's the one you got to pick. You know, I often hear the term, uh, well, I vote people over party. Yep. What a load of crap. <laughs> you say crap. What a load of crap. Uh, yes. I mean, think about it. people over party. Well, name me a Democrat that's a person, if you're a strong conservative, you believe in the Constitution, you believe in the values this country is built on, name me one Democrat that would be a good choice to push this country in that direction. They're not going to vote for any of the things right. we need for mm -hmm. limited government, less taxes, strong national defense. Free flow of commerce. Yeah. That's it. Yep. What, what, what are they going to do? Stop with the people over party. Right. Literally, it has to be right now. Republican. And, and there's a lot of bad Republican candidates. Yeah. But the worst Republican candidate is going to be better than the greatest, best Democrat candidate they can put up. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's so good. So you, you've been in this game for a while. Was there a point? Where was the shift? Could it uh, 20 years ago, 30 years ago? I mean, you know, it's amazing because I think we're broadcasting from Texas right now. Yep. Texas used to have what they call old dog, blue dog Democrats. Sure. And they were they were decent people. They were religious. They were, mm -hmm. they believed the values of America. They just had a little different view about maybe government's role and sure. how to help or how to get us where we were going. Right. But they weren't evil and, and, you know, with ill intentions. Right. Mm -hmm. Bill Clinton, for whatever you say about him and certainly had his moral issues, Bill Clinton was like Mitch McConnell today. Mm. Bill Clinton was not the hardcore liberal that he is today or, or Hillary right. Clinton. I kind of was, I don't ever like to say pro-business because pro-business is picking winners and losers. Pro-free markets is the best way to phrase that sure. because pro-free markets means businesses will benefit and customers benefit. Pro-business means just businesses benefit and the customers a second thought. Yeah. But Bill Clinton wasn't an anti-capitalist. Right. He was right. a Marxist. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, he was a dirtbag, <laughs> but he wasn't a Marxist. Right, right. Today, I think he's a Marxist because, yeah. you know, Democrats will sell their, sell their souls to the devil for power. Mm -hmm. This is our problem with abortion. Republicans are talking about it, well, how we handle this. It has become clear to me that the majority of Americans would kill their babies. They want the right to kill their babies. Yeah. As much as I hate to say it. So how do Republicans wade into that world and, and do it when we can still win elections? nearly impossible, but I'm not willing to compromise my principles. Yeah. Democrats will compromise their principles just for power. Right. Right. Republicans won't. So we always what? We always finish last. Mm. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, we talk a, a, a fair amount about, uh, you know, the Bible tells us we cannot serve both God and money, but depending upon the translation, uh, a proper translation would be mammon, which would be more of the spirit or the power 
of money, which is exactly what you're referring to, mm-hmm. uh, being able to give into that. So it's like, who are we serving in this? Is it, is it God? Right. So as, as if you're a pastor, you're listening to this, as you're leading your, your church, your congregation, even if you're afraid of, of uh, offending the Democrats in your congregation, is it probably oftentimes because they're afraid of losing the tithe, right? Mm-hmm. Right, which is just like a whole. It's not probably. That's one hundred percent what they're afraid. Of. <laughs> yes, right. Which back yeah. to are they really serving God or are they serving Mammon? That spirit mm-hmm. of money, where it's just like this are you being greed bold? Are you being true to yourself? Listen, right. pastors, I need that from everybody. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. So good. Yeah, I love talking about this stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What do you got, man? Jeez, I don't know, man. What route you want to go down? We could sit here, could all, sit day. here all day. All day. Yeah, we could talk about your love life. We could talk about dating, dating <laughs> you know, tips from Stenfield. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you guys are great, man. It's just, just, I just love what you guys are doing with the Kings Council. I love all the social media posts that I see from, mm. from both of you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's good stuff. There's, we need more people doing this. I always believe there's strength in numbers and... A, a healthy competition amongst conservative commentators where is is fun and good but for the most part i feel like we're all in this together right yeah and it's going to take this unified front in mm-hmm. order to beat back what i do believe is a satanic attack on america yeah and, and that's what we are facing right now Th- these people are demonic and i do believe they're possessed mm. Mm. yeah that's an interesting topic uh, do you do you think that they know that they are that's a great question. Um, I think some people are evil and just hell-bent on power. I think some people, these Democrats I'm talking about yeah. that are waging this war on freedom. Sure. Uh, I think some people may not, they, they may not know they're possessed. Yeah. I think there are some of them out there, they actually think that what they're doing is the right thing. Right, in their eyes... Yeah, they think it's, which is mind-boggling. Look, you know, I'll, give, I'll give you an example of somebody that I actually have respect for, even though I despise every ounce of his politics. Mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Mm. Bernie Sanders may probably be the only guy in Washington that's actually true to his beliefs. His beliefs are wacky. They're <laughs> wrong. Again. They're un-American. Right. All that. But you know what? I honestly think that guy believes it. And I actually think he may be well-intentioned. He may actually think that's the best path forward. Sure. I respect that. Sure. Right? Yep, absolutely. But but the rest of them, Joe Biden blows with the wind. He's a power-hungry maniac mm-hmm. yeah. who, who literally will just change whatever it is. Yeah, you can see to that. To go down, the, Joe Biden, 20, there's clips of him saying marriage is between a man and a woman. There's his, he'll flip on a dime if power's involved. Yep. He'll yeah. sell his soul to the devil. Mm. Yeah, and what's mind-blowing to me is... For those that are still would be like fans of his, we'll call it like, how can they be when they do they just not see those clips or they're just like completely blind to right. the, the shift that is taking place? Yeah, I, I think a big deal of it is a spiritual thing. Yeah. The Bible says the enemy is blinded the minds of unbelievers. Yeah. Right. So those who don't know the Lord, they don't. It's like. They're suckers. They don't know right from wrong. They just don't know any better, even though it's clear, clear as day, black and white in front of them. And they just, they, they go. They, yeah. they So the term that I've coined, and I never put a religious twist on it, but it is because you, you mentioned blind. Mm-hmm. I call them blind liberal zombies. Mm. It's what they are. You ever see The Walking Dead? Yeah. <laughs> just following in packs. Yeah. Can't think for themselves. Yeah. 
literally most of America that vote Democrat are blind liberal zombies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Mic drop right there. There you go. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Right on, man. Well, I love you like be coming on the show and just hanging out anytime, with you always, man. man. Absolutely. Yeah. Anytime. It's great to be here. Yeah, this is great. Again. And it's an honor, man. Uh, it's always encouraging to guys like us when we see guys like you doing what you do, standing tall for truth, uh, being a voice uh, uh, of truth, reason, um, logic. It's good that. Well, so anything we could do for you, brother. You know, you guys put your money where your mouth is too, which is important. And so that's why the yeah. friendship works so well. And you guys are committed. And, and I think what you do for everybody watching is really tremendous. Because yeah. I gain benefit out of watching some of the content that you put out. I'm sure everybody else does. So Yeah, I appreciate that. For those of you listening, watching, uh, if you again, if you haven't checked out Grant's show, his podcast on, is just Stinchfield. Uh, great Easiest show. way to do it, just go to GrantStinchfield.com. GrantStinchfield.com. Grantstinchfield All the outlets are there where you can find me. Perfect. Social media, follow me at Stinchfield1776. Just about everywhere, Stinchfield1776. and uh, Love it. We'll, yeah. We'll include that in the show notes. Yep. Right on, brother. We well, appreciate you being on. Thank you, guys. For I appreciate you, it. We'll yep. see you guys on next week's episode.